0: Oh, Recorded live.
1: Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another exciting episode of AGP. As always, I am your host. I am Amanda Gillum, and AGP is brought to you by some of the most fantastic sponsors that the world has ever known. We have Gem City Comic Con coming to you April 1st and 2nd in 2017. We also have Mark Kidwell, comic creator of Images 68 and the wonderful comic Bump. We have Scott Comics, who bring you wonderful comics like Our Mom, which I have been featured in now twice. Yay, me! And yay, Scott Comics, and yay, Our Super mom and Heart case, a little bit darker tone, but absolutely amazing about a superhero and what he gets charged with the murder of his own girlfriend, but he can't hide from anybody because he never wore a mask as a superhero because he was that vain. On top of that, we also have UVN, the Underground Video Network, the people who've been bringing you video podcasts for 15 years and of course has some productions that bring you wonderful prints that are so adorable you're just absolutely going to fall in love with them and of course the all-ages comic peanut pudding and jelly now today i am absolutely excited i am bringing in somebody that i met at a couple of conventions i've had the uh, lovely uh opportunity to check out some of the work that he's been doing on this amazing game and of course he's a huge fan of gaming and anime so how am i not going to get along with this guy i would like everybody to welcome my friend adam wick to the show welcome adam how are you doing
0: hey everyone excited to be here
1: Yay!
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> ah, so how's your week been my friend
0: oh well i mean it, it, it's been awesome we got a lot of uh good news in the works for Galatoon, and i'm at the edge of my seat ready to send out our first newsletter to update everyone um specifically we 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 got a i guess the big the big headline here is uh i've been plugging out to a lot of different comic book artists and we have one who's Helped out with such little names as Superman, Bugs Bunny, Warner Brothers, Animaniacs, and and we're not signed just yet, but he sent over his concept sketches this afternoon, and I'm just like, oh, come on, sign this contract so I can (laughs) brag on everybody here.
1: I'm sorry, who's Superman? No. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly,
0: exactly. Well, you know, it's crazy because some days I wake up and I feel like, well, here I am, just some random guy from Ohio who's... Fresh out of college, but I got a little bit of opportunity with this uh, Shark Tank style competition at Wright State. But, you know, the industry's been so kind to me. I mean, I've been plugging out high and low, and, you know, you get a guy like this who's had a crazy career, but he has a big love for indie comics and he wants to help out.
1: So our story likes what we're doing. (laughs) Now, what we are talking about is not only a comic book, but also a card game, and it's called Galitude, correct?
0: Right, right. So basically, I, I, I want to think a little bit bigger than just a, a discrete product here and there. It's really a new universe that we're creating here. It's something that I tell people, think of like a fairy tale in space. we got swords and dragons and charming surface to it, but then it digs a little bit deeper and gets it to some heavy-hitting sci-fi themes. But our, our first product we're starting off with is this... Uh, battle oriented tabletop card game and it's packaged along with the first issue of the comic book series. And for people who are into that, you can dive into the teaser text of the stories and get super involved in this uh universe that we're developing. Or it's a great casual game too where you can jump in and just kinda have fun throwing cards around and the story's there if you're into it, but then you don't it's not required. It's not an RPG type game.
1: Nice. Now one thing I want to compliment because I have not—I've seen the gameplay and the gameplay looks very easy to learn. It's a great way to break into game uh, tabletop gaming if you've never been able to do it before. But the artwork, oh my gosh! One of the cards that I have, the Princess Violetta Crown, oh my gosh, that is like the most gorgeous thing. And in all honesty, I'll be honest, I really do want to cosplay that
0: outfit. Oh, you know, it's been awesome. We've actually had our first cosplayer just about a a week or two ago over at SevensCon. Pretty ambitious, too. She wanted to try to put together a Muji, which I don't know if you've seen it or not, but she's kind of our pinup-style girl, half-dragon, half-elf chick.
1: Yes. I have seen that, and that is gorgeous. But I have to say my absolute favorite so far that I've enjoyed Was the cute little kitty that you have? What's that one's name?
0: (laughs) Right, right, and that's actually not a character. It's one of our action cards. It's a weapon or spell sort of thing, but it's uh, we call it Yummy Muffin, and uh, a little bit of a pun there because he's like sitting on a dinner plate, like a muffin thing. Thing is, he's this adorable little anime style. Uh, cat squirrel dolphin thing and makes a great pet for kids super adorable and oh yeah if you eat it alive it'll magically heal all your wounds but you're some kind of sicko if you do that so it, effectively in the card game it, it heals up your character but it changes you to an evil morality so it's kind of fun <laughs>
1: hmm do i heal myself do i keep the pet do i become evil man you're just like making people have to deal with all sorts of emotions aren't you
0: (laughs) right right well we put a lot of work (laughs) into this universe too i think it's a lot of fun i mean really literally i'm cramming everything that i love about anime and gaming and uh different uh video games and movies all into this into the same piece here
1: So this is not only just a passion that you've always had, but you're taking some of the aspects of some of your favorite things that you enjoyed growing up with and bringing it to life.
0: Exactly, exactly. And part of it's like, you know, fan service too, just like, you know, oh, this is stuff that I always wish someone would do. You know, not a lot of people over, I mean, anime has been growing like wildfire in the West in recent years, but, you know, there's not a lot of tabletop gaming that's an anime style these days.
1: No, there's not, and I do have to agree, anime has boomed miraculously, but look at some of the amazing things that they have out there, from fairy tale to sword art online, those are some really great animes to watch.
0: Exactly, and I mean, I, I'm setting everything I can with a strong foundation for this card game and comic, and oh my gosh, could you imagine if it actually does turn into an anime someday? I'd, I want to take it as far as the fans want it to, but you know, can can always dream...
1: You got anybody I can voice? I'll voice for you. I could do anything that's cute and adorable. I'll do it. I'll <laughs> hey, it'll
0: always be fun. I, actually, um, <laughs> at, at conventions now, uh, we've been doing readings for the first issue of the comic book. So I've been grabbing random volunteers to attempt to be voice actors. It's been fun.
1: That is awesome. You know, you should just do a panel and have like random people come up and do the voice acting and do a panel reading of your comic.
0: That would be pretty fun, too, to grab random people for it. <laughs> <laughs>
1: so let's dive in a little bit about Gallitude. Um Let's focus on the card game first.
0: Right, So right.
1: tell us a little bit about how the card game works and what attracted you to wanting to do the card game version okay.
0: of this. Well, the, the, the biggest magic to this game, I'd say, is I think it's really right where the industry is going these days. You know, you, we, we have all these strong professional, competitive players that came out of the days of Magic and D&D. But it's kind of a renaissance for tabletop right now, too, where we have a bunch of new gamers, a bunch of younger teens and kids who are into video games and just now starting to discover the tabletop scene, where it's like, you know what? It's it's kind of fun to unplug and chill with the friends, have a beer and pizza, have some fun. And, I mean, really, we're transitioning to, to families of gamers. And what's really kind of magical about this game it perfectly caters to both audiences at the same time without making any compromises. And I know that sounds like impossible, but I'll tell you how that works here in a minute. A lot of games have seen where this is going and they'll make either a family focused game, or maybe they'll make a a competitive game with stripped down alternative rules for family gameplay. Basically, The gameplay mechanics of this game are so simple that an eight-year-old can pick it up. I've ran it with, uh, like, my grandma and older people who've never done a video game or tabletop in their life. The core mechanics are very, very simple, So so it's real accessible. Anyone can get into it. What makes it attractive for the hardcore gamers is that the gameplay is very much focused on psychological gameplay. So a kid can jump in and have fun and just kind of play around, but a real master is going to really get inside of each other's heads. Basic gist of it, everyone sits in a circle, like two to five players, you control a champion, and the main objective of the game is to defeat other champions in battles. Uh, Some twists of the game, first of all, everyone is going to take their turns simultaneously. And secondly, uh, your actions and abilities, there's several points at the game where you're able to view each other's hands. So basically, you get into this scenario where you roughly know what your opponents are capable of, but you don't have perfect information of it, and everything's happening at once, so you kind of have to get inside of people's heads and predict what's going to happen. So this one person might be very powerful, and everyone hates that guy this week, so everyone expects they're going to come after him on that turn. So then you have a choice to make. Do you help take down that one player, or do you anticipate and see that happening and go after someone else while all the attention is being drawn over here? So it's it's really interesting in that way.
1: Well, something else that I actually thought was interesting, because, you know, like I said, I've seen some of the gameplay is – when you go and you fight, um, if your champion's um, HP hits zero and falls in battle, they're not gone. They simply get back up, they continue fighting, and they respawn at full health. Where did you even think about doing that from?
0: Oh, well, you know, it's it's kind of funny. I, I guess the idea was really simple. When I first made the game when I was like 10 years old, basically the story behind it was just I couldn't keep up with all the pokemon and Yu-Gi-Oh games that my friends had i didn't have enough money so we made our own game and so a lot of it was just me saying hey what do i love about games what annoys me about games and part of it was well you know what it, i really kind of hate that if i'm not great at the game i lose right away and then i can't play with my friends anymore so i was just like you know what i'm just gonna kind of ignore that and be like you know what you could just play the whole time and play for points I think a lot of that actually came from, like, fighter games, fighting video games, where, you know, usually, you know, like Super Smash Brothers, that kind of thing, you just keep on fighting aggressively. You you might lose the battle, but you didn't lose the war.
1: Right. No, I I thought that was absolutely fantastic. I'm like, because, yes, I play Pokemon. Yes, I've played Magic the Gathering. Yes, I've played Yu-Gi-Oh! Yes, I suck at card games. <laughs> so when I read, when I saw that, and I'm like wait, I can keep going? Like, I'm not fully dead? Dude, this game's right up my alley.
0: Right, right. And that offers a lot of strategic potential, too, where you might even intentionally take a a short-term fall to throw off your opponents and end up winning the long-term battle.
1: That is awesome. So I... Thank you so much for that, because I really do like sitting there and seeing what other people are going to do, because everybody's going to play a little different. Do they take out the main person who's got, like, everything? Do they go after the little guy? Does anybody, like, try to team up? I think it's very fascinating what you've done. And the fact that everybody goes simultaneously makes it even more of a strategic of, oh, wait, um, uh uh-oh, (laughs) uh-oh. So within this, if everybody goes simultaneously, do they work on their own? Can they make like a pack going like, hey, you, me, against them. Can we do that? Are they allowed to do things like that?
0: I completely encourage backstabbing. Uh, When I play with my friends, we'll be texting each other, writing notes. The thing is, though, the winner of the game is the first person that we to reach a target goal for killing people? Like I, I might say, first to three points wins, and that's fun too because then you can adjust how long your gameplay is. You could play for three points, ten points, like a fighter game. How many stocks you're playing for?
1: Right. But um,
0: what's fun about that is since there's ultimately only one winner, yeah, you could team up. Heck, you can have a game where it's four people against one. But the the teamwork is not like officially regulated. And the rules. At some point, someone's going to backstab someone because there's only one winner. So that just upped the
1: ante on how you're going to play. And I just figured out how me and all my friends are going to end up playing this because we will definitely, we've done this before. Hey, you know, they got you got that move right there and you take them out. And you go, oh, yeah, I can. And then you take that person out and then you don't realize that they're sitting there on that little corner going, and now I just won the game. And you're like, crap.
0: Exactly, That's exactly. <laughs> and you know, a step beyond that too, psychological elements, really toying with your opponents. Sometimes I'll talk strategy openly with another person I'm working with and it's and I might, you know, it might just be a red herring completely. Like I'm pretending to be working with this guy, I'm making all these plans and so they of course assume that I'm going to follow up with those plans. Oh no, I was just talking <laughs> bullshit so that you you think I'm doing that.
1: <laughs> so, technically, I actually made an alliance with everybody, and um, I'm going to stab you all in the back. Y'all have a nice day. <laughs> and at the same time,
0: everyone walks into that cautious, because cause they know eventually one person's got to win it. Unless you want to be playing this
1: forever, which, from the looks of the game... That could definitely be a bonus, is playing this forever and ever.
0: I mean, it happens. I mean, you can adjust the points however you want to. Honestly, when my buddies and I play it, we'll, like, start a game at, like, midnight and quit when the sun rises and see whoever has the most points by then.
1: Very awesome. Now, along with going with the card game, uh, you have a Kickstarter that you've been working on that will be opening in a few weeks. Um and the first product, of course, is going to be the Card Game Starter Deck, which is going to include also the first issue of the comic book series.
0: Right, right. Oh, we're really looking forward to that. Uh, the Kickstarter is going to run July through August. Uh, we lined it up with some of our bigger conventions. like We're going to be out at Gen Con and Origins and a couple of local places, too. But uh, basically, we are pretty darn close to being able to hit the market with this thing. We're about halfway through the artwork for the for the... Card game, and where you're, you know, just digging into the artwork for the comic series. And if everything goes well and we reach our goal on the Kickstarter, I'm expecting to have this thing ready by Thanksgiving.
1: Ooh, Thanksgiving. Now, here's the family game you want to play after everybody's eaten all their turkey.
0: <laughs> right, right. <laughs>
1: what are you thankful for? The fact that I'm about to bust your butt in Gallitude. That's what I'm thankful for. <laughs> and we're going to have a
0: lot of fun with this Kickstarter, too. I mean, I've had Kickstarters before, and I think I have an idea of some really worthwhile prizes, t-shirts, um, looking into miniature figurines, uh, some collectibles, of course, the game, and of course, every game Kickstarter these days has a opportunity to potentially become a character in the game too and i want to go a step beyond that too um usually they'll have like a fan inspired promo character i want to make them fully canon i want to get on skype with someone have a nice character consultation uh write their character into the story as canon include it in the card game and hey even potentially in the comic book series
1: that would be epically awesome So, um, and you said you're planning to launch this in July, August? Right. And correct me if I'm wrong, they could actually go over to the website right now, which happens to be www.galatune, which is G-A-L-A-T-U-N-E dot com. And they can actually sign up for the newsletter, and they'll be updated on when the Kickstarter launches.
0: Right, right. I mean, of course, Kickstarter's, always terrifying (laughs) you got to do everything you can to drive as much excitement uh before you even open the doors if you want to make sure that's going to be a success so we're trying to get as many people as we can to sign up for the newsletter help give us an idea of what we can expect for this and hey meanwhile like i said uh we'll be sending out some pretty cool updates to give you guys an insider look into what we're doing over here and we won't get spammy with it i mean we're just doing like a monthly newsletter deal
1: right and you know what in all honesty people when it comes to newsletters when people ask you to sign up for the newsletter they're not spamming you they really want you to be interested in the product so they can let you know updates and so you can keep up with the latest and the greatest things because you never know there are some new newsletters out there that if you're not signed up to you can miss out on some really cool prizes they may be doing contests and you really don't want to miss out on something like that
0: exactly now and i'll i'll uh do a little spoiler thing here for our newsletter. so on, on top of having our, our top-tier givers have an opportunity to become characters, that's always fun, but not everyone can participate in that. So I'm going to figure out some sort of contest, I haven't worked out the details just yet, to where even a low-tier giver can potentially become a character. Do a sweepstakes where people who are participating in the newsletter or being a low-level giver on the Kickstarter will have a drawing, and you know one or two lucky people will get that complimentary character created. And again, fully canon.
1: Awesome! That is really cool. See, you come up with some really great ideas. So l- let's move a little bit into the comic book itself, because now we're talking something that I deal with a lot in nowadays. Um, you know this just because we've been to a couple of conventions together at this point. <laughs> <laughs> right. Let's see what there was. Um, you were even at uh, Gem City, weren't you?
0: Right. Right. Yeah, we did pretty yeah, well there.
1: See? Good. See. He was even at my convention, people. See, that's how awesome this guy is. See, this is how awesome this guy is. So let's talk a little bit about the comic book itself. Now, the comic book um, and the card game are still within the same universe.
0: Right, exactly. So like I said, you don't have to dive into the details of the card game, but every single little card in the game is firmly rooted in this cohesive universe. Nothing's like a random sword or a random spell. It's kind of inspired by games like, like Dark Souls, where so much of the story is told just in flavor text, and you can have fun and play detective and piece it together and start to see this bigger mystery. But then the comic book actually dives into the actual narrative adventure of, some of the main characters and story arcs.
1: So go ahead and give people a little bit of a taste, just you know, without doing any major spoilers, a little bit about what the comic's going to be about.
0: Right, right. So I I take so much inspiration from shows like. Uh, these modern cartoons like Steven Universe and Adventure Time, where on the surface they're very playful, they're very matter of fact, they're they're not heavy handed, and yet at the same time, so much reach, rich storytelling beneath the surface. So for my, I want to do something similar like that with the comic, where on the surface I say it's like a fairy tale in space. It starts off with this fantasy sci-fi adventure of this. Uh, of this wannabe hero on an adventure to rescue the princess. Very very classic. But as he dives into this, you start to explore this unique universe more and more and really get into some serious uh, sci-fi and political drama. Uh, He's not a
1: plumber, is he? Sorry? He's not a plumber, is he? Oh
0: man! uh, See, I'm I'm aiming more for like like uh, like imagine Brothers Grimm meets uh, modern day anime, and then throw in a twist of like Doctor Who.
1: I know, but come on. Every time you hear the the very first part of a story, so there's this dude, he's going to save the princess. He doesn't find a bunch of wrong princesses, does he? <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh my gosh, wrong castle. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Sorry, couldn't help it. It just popped in my head. And um, you said that you've listened to this show before, so you know if it pops in my head, it's coming right <laughs> out. <my show>.
0: So, <laughs> so uh, let me tell you a little bit about the, the setting here. So the the planet – that the story starts on is called Lyra and basically um it's a medieval society uh swords arrows knights a little bit of magic here and there elves and dragons that sort of deal the twist though is that this whole planet is um uh, based this whole planet is built over the ancient ruins of some long-lost hyper-advanced civilization uh so you have wreckages of these giant ufos and and space carriers and giant robots that have just kind of become a natural part of the setting over time, and the locals don't think anything of it. You know, imagine a giant modern skyscraper that's broken down, and now is just like a simple market for a medieval society. And um, another interesting point, too, is this world has sort of a, a gilded utopia where there's a minority ruling class of elves And they've managed to reclaim a lot of this ancient technology, and they're using a monopoly of that technology in order to bring perfect peace and perfect world order. So while everyone else has swords and and arrows and that sort of thing, you have this minority ruling class with... Hyper advanced artificial intelligence, uh, super fighting robots, uh, a- a advanced like DNA splicing and that sort of thing. So when you're working with lasers and AI, kind of make sure that you know no one's going to ca- no one's going to question your rule and authority in a medieval society. Oh no,
1: definitely, dude! Don't question my rule ever. No. <laughs> <laughs>
0: But uh, so what's interesting is, like I said, it's it's a very gilded utopia. It's it's perfect. It's peaceful. Uh, the economy is perfectly in balance. But you know, there's there's a lot of political sacrifice that comes with peace and unity. There's a lot of loss of freedom, and there's a sort of a paradox that with unity, you kind of lose your sense of individuality and self-expression. And there's a lot of extreme prejudice brimming right beneath the surface too but uh for the most part it's kind of a, a ro- like everybody loves the royal family everyone loves what they're doing everyone admires the peace and tranquility but again there's these huge factions of people who see extreme prejudice that you know are really not happy with this so there's this um Rebel group that I call the Azure Eye, and I can get into what, why that is, but there's this rebel group who basically want to disband the global utopian government and create these new sovereign nations, you <laughs> a novel concept there, right mhm uh so you know like like it's it's a little bit backwards because they want to break down this utopian government and kind of recreate the world kind of what we know it to be, where we have these individual individual countries. But right. uh, kind of where the base of this comes from is, like I said, with with this great unity, there's a lot of uh, prejudice and a lot of loss of freedom. So, most of the world is encompassed by humans and they're kind of like uh, middle class, lower class workers. Then you have the ruling minority of these elves. And then you have a couple of these kind of broken down, nearly extinct, uh, kind of humanoid uh, animal creatures. And see, all these Missing care, all these uh, humanoid creatures and, and the humans, they all have this rich lost ancestry from these long lost ancient kingdoms that have been wholly suppressed by this new government. And you know, even though it's nice and peaceful, you know, there's people who who miss their sense of cultural identity, who miss having equal rights and representation. Because typically, it's, it's a very, very hierarchical society where, you know, the elves have the best of everything. Humans, eh, who cares? Human on human crime. it's They kill each other. They steal from each other. It's not a big deal. But, you know, there's there's a lot of sadness to that. And then I am up the ante a bit here. So it's explicitly forbidden by law for humans and elves to have romantic relations because should they have a child, Um, A half-blood human elf child has a chance of having unique, one-of-a-kind superpowers. And these superpowers are deemed huge threats to the natural world order. So it has a big range of powers. It could be as simple as uh, we have one character who um, can absolutely tell if someone's telling the truth or not. But if you think about it, even something simple like that could have the potential to really turn society on its head and, and help take away power from the government. And then we have other characters who, you know, can really mess with things like someone who has the power to manipulate gravity or someone who has the power to disable electronics or we even have one who's... The most powerful in history who can freely manipulate time and space however he pleases. So, society is terrified of these half-bred human elves and their potential to undo everything and at the same time these half-bred human elves they're they're treated like monsters they, they don't get they don't get citizenship they're enslaved used as tools of the government for their powers or they're outright murdered and executed and so they're part of this force that's uh joining this rebel alliance to try to you know earn the rights that they deserve awesome
1: and when will the comic book be available
0: right so like i said the first issue of the comic book is going to be packaged right in with the starter deck so it'll be around november just like with the others and uh i have a full 12 issue series planned out it's just a matter of seeing if we can get the fan support we need to keep going issue to issue so uh we're, we're gonna get on oh man what is it called uh patreon i think yeah pa- it's kind of, yes patreon yeah i think we're going to hop on patreon to help get our, our subsequent issues going uh it's probably going to be the first issue will be print and then we'll do the other issues in digital and then once we get the first set of 12 we'll do like a graphic novel compilation
1: nice now i'm now one of the nice things is i'm listening about the comic book now i've played the game i have one of the cards so the some of the you have a little bit of backstory on each of the cards of the characters are we going to see some of that backstory that we see on the cards of the game also in the comic book
0: absolutely like it, it all pieces together to the same universe um it, it it leaves some breadcrumbs though, where people have to piece things together. Some is more obvious than others. Like some of the main characters, like Princess Violetta, you know, she's uh, the central female and uh, female protagonist, so she's a big character in the comic book series. And so is Aaron, the the main kid, uh, wannabe knight who goes out to rescue her. But there's even a couple characters and cards in the comic in the game series that hint at things to come later on in the comics. So you'll see some things that you can explore and piece together that won't be out outright spilled in the comic.
1: Okay, cool. That'll be really nifty. Now you there are now people can actually go. You have a wicca, I've never got that. Wikia is that how they pronounce yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. Wikia. You do have a Wikia page. It's galitude.wikia.com, where people can actually go ahead, see some of the characters, learn some of their names, check out some of the designs, which I guess we really should give a huge shout out to the person who's been doing a lot of the um, illustration. It's Mandy, how do you pronounce her name? Uh. Eckenbarger?
0: Eichenberger? Eichenberger? Oh, I feel bad. I haven't said it. We've been working <laughs> uh, online most of the time, and I've, I've only uh, Skyped with her like once or twice. Oh, my gosh. Her artwork's incredible. It, it's, it's up there with anything I've seen in top-notch corporate anime, commercial anime. And really... I mean, she's a commercial artist right now, too, um, doing, like, logo designs and that sort of thing. Um, She also, you know, does her own art at conventions, but it's like, man, girl, we really have to give you the recognition you deserve. These character designs are phenomenal.
1: Oh, they are absolutely gorgeous. You can see so much detail that she puts into them. Um, You have this one character, um, i got to think, Jay Skyrunner. Yeah. He... The details, even on his feathers, are just so gorgeous. So a big shout-out to you. You have done an amazing job here, Mandy. So a big applaud to you because these are gorgeous. Absolutely to die for.
0: And. It's been so great working with her, too. She's been very professional. And, you know, actually, I've gone through so – it was a long search trying to find the right artist. I I talked to different design firms and professional artists and hobbyists. And, I mean, you know, so many times I'd get in with a studio who barely wanted to give me the time of day, was going to charge me something outrageous, and made some generic character. Mandy, though, wow, i got to hand it to her. For each character, I make a detailed briefing of their story and their design references, and she sits down, she enjoys our story, she, she pours through all, all the notes and really goes through the effort to make sure that every detail of their design is linked into the story. And I love that too. I mean, you'll see these tiny little decorative symbols on the characters that actually tie in to story references.
1: Now, a lot of this, like you said, you are a huge gamer fan. You are one, you're like the rest of us. You're super nerdy and geeky all the way through. And you're a big anime fan. You like video games. And you've always mentioned that this has been influenced by various different genres, subgenres, video games, and television series. Name some of the few things that actually have inspired this for you.
0: Okay, well, the main character here, and I guess this is a little bit of a spoiler, but you'll find out pretty soon in the series, anyways. Uh, so the main character here, he gets a, a this red crystal shoved into his chest, and it, and it starts to give him his powers. And the crystal actually starts to have a consciousness of its own, and it talks to him, and it evolves over time. At first, it's just kind of uh, spider sense, uh, extra peripheral power sensory sort of thing but then it starts to become its own person that concept came from so many different places had a little bit of Dead Man Wonderland with the, the red blood crystal gems that give people powers uh, drew some inspiration from Parasite love Parasite awesome anime oh, yeah. check that out where basically this crystal is a sort of alien parasite from another dimension, and they have this kind of forced symbiotic relationship, so they're working together kind of against their will. It's a circumstantial thing. And then there's a touch of Steven Universe mixed in there, too, with the sentient psychic gem. Oh, yeah.
1: We all love Steven Universe.
0: Oh, it's a great series.
1: It really is. Um, Now some of the art I noticed that Mandy and her art style It reminds me a lot of Final Fantasy, Disney Kingdom Hearts It's funny you say
0: that too (laughs) Because actually uh, The main character Aaron His personality is is largely influenced From Sora of Kingdom Hearts Uh, Very uh, matter of fact Childish uh, Kind of simple and, and pure But at the same time he's thrown into the heart Of all these crazy situations Unlike Kingdom Hearts, though, this is a little bit of a loss of innocence story. So sorry to Aww. say he's he's going to – well, it's it's fun, too. As Aaron goes out and he tries to rescue the princess, at first he's on the side of the world government. He believes in the peace and the royalty. But as he goes to rescue her from the terrorists, he'll actually join the terrorist group at one point, And he'll kind of go back and forth between, like, wait a minute, what's better, a world ruled by one perfect government or a world with war and strife? But freedom and independence. And at the end of it, I won't spoil too much, but it's ultimately going to be up to Aaron to, fig- to create the new structure of this world. And in a lot of ways, he's going to have to make moral compromises where, yeah, I've seen some of the dirty things of the world government, but I kind of get why it's that way now. So
1: obviously then Kingdom Hearts is um, something that would inspire the story. <laughs> right,
0: right. Uh, another fun influence, love Doctor Who. Uh, we have this <laughs> one character who's very powerful. He's a time traveler and kind of serves as a framing device in the comic book series a little bit. He's this omni powerful, can warp time and space at his will. And he, he just kind of comes in, gently guides characters and foreshadows. It's It's, it's a lot of fun. Um, Mandy Absolutely. loved that too. She's she's a big fan of Doctor Who, uh his design's largely based off of a mix of the tenth Doctor with a touch oh, of yeah. uh Kingdom Hearts characters.
1: I can definitely see that he looks like what the tenth doctor, David Tennant's doctor, would look like exactly. if he was in a Final Fantasy and um is it is it Notrilux yeah, or no, how do you no,
0: pronounce no
1: and it, it's
0: kind of fun, too, because he's he's wearing the classic Dr. Pinstripe suit, but he's just kind of thrown on this medieval robe on top of it. Kind of like a somewhat serious, somewhat half-assed attempt to blend into a medieval society. But
1: the cape itself is absolutely gorgeous because you see all the space and time behind him, so it really fits in. It's all... W- let's do it. Let's Let's do the Doctor Who adding in here it's all it all looks all timey-wimey and wibbly-wobbly in his cape
0: exactly exactly (laughs) and a big fun of his personality too this character travels the multiverse at his own free will, and he sees all of destiny and existence for what it is and he's he 's really conflicted he he can intervene and do whatever the heck he wants to, but he doesn 't know if it can ultimately change the fate of the universe or not, so on the surface, because he 's so powerful he 's kind of happy go lucky always positive because you know what what's he going to lose nothing he 's untouchable, but just underneath the surface he 's troubled with this knowledge beyond mortal understanding. So he, all the characters have some nice depth to him. He's fun and playful on the outside, but he's kind of tortured on the inside. Again, taking a lot of inspiration from Doctor Who there.
1: Awesome. So, now, we're since you are such a huge fan of anime and stuff, what have been some of your favorite animes of all time?
0: Oh, my gosh. Actually... This is easier for me than it should be. <laughs> I mean, so, so many people are like, oh, you can't pick your favorite anime. But if you've ever heard of Gargantia, I, I love yes. Gargantia. I think, to me, that is that is perfect anime to me. It's it's a relatively short series. You can sit down and binge watch it in an afternoon. And yet it's, it's beautiful. They don't take any shortcuts. It's a rich story with lots of plot turns, all in like, what is it, like 12, 15 episodes, I think.
1: Yeah, it was about fifteen.
0: Uh, I'm so. I mean, I, I'm also a big fan of like Full Metal Alchemists, both the Brotherhood and the Americanized version. They both have things I love about them. Uh, Parasite, I mentioned before, so much fun. And, and go ahead. Oh, eagerly waiting for the next Attack on Titan season to yeah. finally come out.
1: Well, you heard why they postponed that, right?
0: Oh no, I hadn't.
1: Okay, so the reason why they postponed it is because with someone like you who's watched a lot of animes, the animes are based off the mangas. They do a lot of filler episodes, and a lot of the fans are like, oh, my God, I don't like this. And they didn't want to have to do any filler episodes, so they're waiting for them to finish the next part of the manga to where they have everything that they need to do the second season of Attack on Titan.
0: Okay, that makes sense. Because, yeah, that's been a trouble with a lot of other animes where they're kind of trying to play catch-up and they get these somewhat interesting character development episodes that bore people to death.
1: Pretty much. And you're just like, yeah, um, I could have just waited because this is not doing it for me at all. But Attack on Titan is gorgeous. And it was so funny because what got me into it was so many... So I go to a lot of conventions and I saw these costumes and I'm like what in the world is this? What? Where is this coming from? And somebody goes, oh, it's Attack on Titan. But whatever you do, don't watch it. And I'm like, <laughs> okay, the first – as soon as you tell me not to do something, the first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to go do it. And everybody's like, no, everybody dies, and all you're going to do is cry, and it's absolutely it, – they just kill everybody. Come to find out that these people, seriously, all they ever do is, like, watch, like, the first, like, five or six episodes, and then – um. If you haven't seen this series in five, four, three, two, one, here comes the spoiler. So the main character Chomp. And I think that's as far as they got. And they're like, everybody dies. And I'm like, um, so of course, me, I got into it, and of course, as soon as I saw this, I'm going, oh my god, no, no, I'm crying, it's horrible, it's just terrifying, and then I keep going through it, and I'm like, oh, wait, um... What just happened? And it was such an int- – it just sucked you in. And I absolutely love it. So I'm right there with you. I can't wait for the second season. I want to see where it goes, especially for the fact that I haven't got my hands on the manga, so I don't actually know where the story's going. And I've enjoyed the cartoon so much that I really don't want to spoil it for myself.
0: That's kind of how I feel, too. i got to say, though, that's good storytelling, and I draw some inspiration from that, too, in the sense I, I will not hesitate to kill your favorite characters. That's, that's reality.
1: Oh, very much so. I hate. I hate. Um, I am one of those people that if I've read the book and then I watch the movie or something, it's like, oh, man, this really kind of sucks and I don't like it. And then there's other aspects like Jurassic Park. I loved that movie. Read the book and the book's absolutely fantastic as well. But I didn't lose anything because I saw the movie first. It's almost like, I'd rather just watch the movie first than can I read the book so I don't lose out on anything.
0: And then yep. you have those cases that just uh, do not honor the source material very well, like a certain <laughs> Batman versus Superman that shall not be mentioned. Okay.
1: okay, okay, You went there. Oh, my gosh, what were they thinking? What? I
0: have to admit, I haven't actually seen it. I've, I've been so offended by the reviews that I feel like they don't deserve my patronage.
1: No, don't waste your money on it. I, I, I am an avid comic book fanatic. I will watch almost anything. I own movies that I shouldn't own because they're that bad of movies, but I'm a collectionist, so I have to have it. But this movie, just wait till it comes out on Redbox, spend your dollar, watch it, and then tear it apart for what it is. I'm gonna sit here and I'm gonna be absolutely honest with you, Adam. The only good thing in that movie is Ben Affleck is a really good Batman. <laughs>
0: Oh, poor guy too. He looked like he got hit pretty hard. That it wasn't as successful as he hoped it would be. And he does seem like a good Batman.
1: He was. He's the best thing of the movie. I really hated that movie, and I I've seen it twice. You know, the first time I watched it, yeah, I read reviews of it, because I read reviews of everything. I don't care. I'll take the spoilers for the most part, especially when it comes to the movies. And I was reading it, and I watched a couple of things. And I'll be honest, I didn't have great high hopes for it anyway. Let's face it, DC has not produced movies like they should have and like they should be doing when they had these excellent animated movies coming out, like Batman Under the Red Hood and Wonder Woman. Oh, the and the strangest
0: a- thing. They knock it out of the park with their animated movies.
1: But what? Because Bruce Tim isn't behind it, you guys can't create a good live action movie. And everybody and I, and I love it because everybody goes. Well, what about the Nolan trilogy? Yeah, two good movies, and then they killed it in the end.
0: Well, you know, it's so strange to see where the industry is going these days. I mean, first of all, it's nerd culture is the new pop culture. Everyone's a nerd now. I mean, just look at the sales for these movies. And then you kind of see, like, contrast the success of Deadpool with the failure of Batman super versus Superman. I don't know. Like, you, people want some some depth to the characters. You can't get so melodramatic with it. And then, of course, you have to honor the source material.
1: Well, and I think the biggest problem is, is you took um... – one story that is actually canon within the DC universe, um, the death of Superman. Um, and then you take the, the other one, which is actually kind of like a one-shot. It's an imaginative other telling of the, um, the Dark Knight series, and you mash the two together, and you can't do that. Mm. Pick one storyline and stick with it. And here they have this great opportunity to... Produce a Justice League. And I'm watching this movie, and bringing in the superheroes that they did just felt flat and meant to me. There was no, oh my gosh, check out Wonder Woman, or oh my gosh, check this out. It felt really flat and rushed, like DC went. We really have to hurry up and do exactly what Marvel's doing, which I don't have a problem with the fact that they want to copy Marvel because it worked. But if you're going to copy them, at least copy them in a decent fashion. Don't just... Throw it up. I mean, literally, it looked like they just threw uh, it up on I the screen. I don't know.
0: You don't want to compete with Marvel right now. I think they'd be better off to, to really rethink it and go at it with their own approach.
1: Unfortunately, they're not going to. And we and we've and already they've already pretty much told us from the get-go that they're like, and we're going to do Darkseid. I'm like, if you throw Darkseid out first, you have nowhere to go. Like, Darkseid's the god of the DC Universe. Where else do you go once you where do you go from there? Seriously. And I'm just sitting here, and so I watch this movie. I watch how they're trying to bring the Justice League together, and I'm like, yeah, um, I'm just going to go watch Justice League, at Justice League Unlimited, the Cartoon <laughs> Network series, because they brought the Justice League to be- together way better in that series, going right. against Starro, than they have in this movie. Seriously. Bad, bad DC. <laughs> bad, bad, <easy. laughs> right, right
0: But hey, it's just so exciting to see so many people talking about it now and seeing all these great superhero nerd movies coming out. Oh my gosh, it's it's a paradise for nerds these days, really looking forward to some of these movies coming out. I want to see Doctor Who I mean I, I, not, not Doctor Who Doctor Strange, I really want to get Doctor- some more like mystical stuff going on.
1: Well, you know what's brilliant, though, is that Marvel has been able to take these low-level characters that have not been main characters. Let's face it, Iron Man was not a name everybody knew until he became the huge name that he was because of the movies. And here you have another character, Doctor Strange, known by us from the comic book world. You know, we love Doctor Strange. He's a fantastic character, but the most time that he's seen outside of the the normal nerd and geek realm was the Spider-Man animated series that was on television where he play where he was in a couple of episodes, but he's a fantastic character and Marvel does really great with taking these characters. Look what they did with guardians of the galaxy. See. Right. No one knew who they were unless you've ever read comic books. And that movie was absolutely phenomenal. And I know they can do the same with Doctor Strange. And the fact of, let's look who they picked for Doctor Strange. And the fact that he's just running around going, yep, this is my costume. This is mine right here. Uh, yep. I own this. Like, check me in this.
0: <laughs> what I love, too, <laughs> is each one of the heroes that they're – that they're running with right now has such a unique flavor to the cinematic universe. Like, I mean, they have their similarities, but then you compare an Iron Man movie to a, a Doctor Strange movie, and it's it's a lot of fun.
1: Oh, very much so.
0: Uh,
1: and, of course, um, we all know, even though Batman vs. Superman was, uh, we're all going to go see Suicide Squad.
0: I'm looking forward to that one.
1: I'm, I'm looking forward to that one. I'm hoping that uh, DC redeems themselves with it. I'll even be honest. I'm as bad as the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle movie was, I'm kind of looking forward to the second one now.
0: I'm shocked that they went forward with the sequel. Someone liked the first one?
1: No, no one liked the first one, but <laughs> you know what I think they're doing? I, I expect this to be someone like um the G.I. Joe movie. Okay, that G.I. Joe movie was crap. Like, absolute, total crap. Like, dude, have you never even seen the cartoon or read any of the comic books ever? Because you got all of that completely wrong. <laughs> all you did was took names from the comic book slash cartoon series, and threw them on characters, and you decimated them, them. You decimated it. And then, not saying that the second G.I. Joe movie um, was any better, but it did redeem itself, and at least Cobra Commander looked right. Thank you, thank you so much, because that, like that was my biggest pet peeve, is when I saw that Cobra Commander, and I'm like, what is that? Do you not understand Cover Commander is, like, awesome and has, like, one of the coolest outfits ever as awesome, going to be supreme leader, evil bad guy? Like, you can't take away his faceplate. You're just not allowed to do that. (laughs) And so it did have some redeeming qualities to it. It was a lot more entertaining. I actually own that one instead of the first one, even though it still doesn't touch um, the comics by any means or the cartoon series or what was it? G- was it G.I. Joe Retaliation where they came up with a G.I. Joe movie that was animated have you seen that yet
0: yeah yeah actually
1: oh my gosh that was so good oh my favorite scene is when Cobra Commander makes fun of himself and he goes well you know in the past you know I've been a little weak I right, always told right. you guys I might possibly do this uh, we're just going to go ahead and destroy Russia now and yeah so give me my money <laughs> I'm just in going Cover Commander killed people. I love this. This is the greatest movie ever. I like totally, it's like, look, they made G.I. Joe rated R and awesome for us now that we're all adults. Mm-hmm.
0: And I'm so glad to see stuff like that taking off and getting some success because, I mean, so much of the comic book industry has been for adults for a long time now, and to finally see the characters in their true rated R light that they deserve.
1: It's really fascinating to see um, because, like you said, you're just getting out of college, so you have to be about in your 20s, I'm taking it?
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: Okay, so that puts me about, oh, about 20 years older than you. But, <laughs> <laughs> but you still, you seem to be the type of person who had the same type of childhood I did. You are watching your favorite cartoons. There were comic books that you enjoyed reading. And it's really nice to see that back when we were kids – it was kind of like, well, yeah, I play D&D and I go to the comic book shop every Saturday and Sunday versus now everybody's at the comic book shop. Everybody's into this. Even people who used to kind of look down at us and go, you do what? Like they get kicks out of TV shows. And and don't get me wrong. Yes, I realize that Big Bang Theory really does make fun of our culture. It really does do that. It helps but a lot, think, too. But it does help a lot. Um, for example, my stepmother, she didn't get me at all. Like she kept wanting to buy me Barbie dolls and pink things. (laughs) No, (laughs) I am not pink. And my idea is Barbie needs to have like a machine gun. Like, I played with G.I. Joe's, Ninja Turtles, uh, WWE wrestlers. Those were the toys that I played with as a kid. And she expected me to be like this cheerleader wanting to do my hair and makeup. And I'd just rather run around barefooted in a pair of shorts and a tank top and play, hey, let's play football tackle style. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but, but see that's one of the fun things that I wanted to accomplish with Galatoon too. To be this middle ground that can bring in the serious experienced gamers with people who've never done something like this before. It it was so rewarding at Sevenscon. I got this uh like thirteen year oldish kid and his mom and dad came over to, to try the demo and we we pleaded with the mom and dad and got them to play the game, never done gaming before in their life, kind of traditional, you know, and, right. you know, a couple minutes into it, they were laughing and shouting, getting super into it, and the mom just said, you know, finally, a, a game that I can understand and play with my son, and it's, I mean, that's really magical to me to kind of help bring these two audiences together.
1: Oh, yeah, and that's one of the fantastic things about your game. And the thing that I think that your comic book will be able to do is it can reach people of many different levels. And it's just moving on with how, the way how society is actually starting to accept things like this nowadays.
0: Exactly. And I think a big part of that, too, is pulling in some of the anime influence, too, because that's another subculture culture that, again, is getting much more part of pop culture mainstream.
1: Yeah, I really, I really like enjoy watching the pop culture mainstream of anime. Um, I'm also watching a lot of things because anime hits some really cool things that I would love to see. Um, for example, Sword Art Online, mm-hmm. dude, that's what virtual reality needs to be.
0: Oh, I know it. We're not far off too, man. Getting augmented reality is, is heading into some interesting places. Sony is doing a kick
1: job with it too right now.
0: I really want to play, what is it, Tilt Brush, I think, on Oculus. Yes. Oh, that was awesome. Get lost in this world you're painting. Uh, Although, I did hear about this guy who set on to break the world record for longest time logged into a VR game, and he spent, like, something ridiculous, like, four days straight in Tilt Brush. And I think they said by the end of the first day, he started to seriously lose touch with reality. I mean, imagine you're in that game painting these abstract three D creations all day. It's like where am I? What am I doing? Get me out of here. <laughs> he
1: he he should have taken a slighter slighter, uh easier course that a lot of us did. Try World of Warcraft. That'll suck you out for about four years. <laughs> <laughs> You know what I would love to see, though, is I would love to see just like how sometimes we see things like Dragon Ball Z, great manga, turn into a cartoon, became a video game. I'd like to see a Disney Kingdom Hearts manga that turns into a cartoon. That'd be really
0: cool. That would be fun.
1: Because I love that series. Dude, how much longer do we have to wait for three, by the way?
0: Oh my gosh. I'm at the point to where I don't even want to ask anymore, but huge Kingdom Hearts fan too. And I feel like I grew up with the series, you know, as as one of my first video games uh, on the first Kingdom Hearts game. And man, they've really been building up to like some big, grand, satisfying conclusion at the end of three that I can't wait for.
1: So let's find out how much of a fan of this you actually are, because this is one of my... All time favorite games. Like Disney Kingdom Hearts is in my top five favorite games of all time. Um, when, because it was only out on the PS2. Mm-hmm. Did you ever get a PS3?
0: Yeah,
1: yeah. Did you rebuy it when they remastered it so you could play it on your PS3 again?
0: Uh, I had the version that I think they, they wrapped in a Chain of it Memories was like re- that was released yeah. too. Yeah, I, I got yeah. that one. Because I played Chain of Memories on the, on the, uh, Oh gosh, Game Boy Advance, man, that's the series yes. older than I thought. It was so <laughs> much fun to see it uh, ramped into 3D too, and some of the cutscenes. Oh, I'm a huge Kingdom Hearts nerd. I like pour through the wikis. Pretty convoluted storyline, honestly, but I love that.
1: It, but it's so great, and it just sucks you in from the very beginning. And it was so gorgeous, and I love the fact that. Um, I'm a huge Disney nerd, and I'm a huge Final Fantasy nerd. And seeing two of my favorite genres together, I was just like, no, they can't do that, can they? And then the first time you play, especially the very first one, you're just like, dude, they did this so amazingly. It's like Mickey Mouse belongs in the Final Fantasy world.
0: It was so shocking, honestly, the very first Kingdom Hearts game. To think that Disney would ever entertain working with Square Enix, it must have been pretty experimental, but my gosh, did it work well it was and
1: it's so and if you've never played it or if you have played it going back and playing it again it's still in. It's interesting to see because, like the first time I just played, you know, I played a lot of button mashing. Um, I it was the first. This is actually the, the game that really got me into role playing games and learning how to. Oh, I need to change this belt out for this, and let's try this keyblade because it has more power. And really, it was a nice way, sort of like how um, Gallitude is a great way to get people into ge- um, tabletop gaming games if they've never done one before. I think disney kingdom heart reflects the same thing that that does it was a great way for someone who's never been able to do that that learning how to up the stats of your character and learning how to equip what weapons and what goes with width and how to tr- how to trick out your um your psychics. i thought that was a great introduction for people who've never been able to do that before as
0: well oh definitely and the Battle mechanics are so much fun, and they've been evolving game over game. Love the new direction Square Enix has been going with the kind of live-action, combo-based RPGs. Oh, yeah. So
1: here's here's the big question. Now that Disney owns both Marvel and they own Star Wars... So you have those, plus there's also other places in the Disney universe they haven't touched. What levels do you want to see in three, and what levels do you want to see them bring back in three? What levels do you want them to get rid of?
0: I'm so excited about what they've been doing. I actually read an article where they confirmed, supposedly, I hope, that uh, there will be a Star Wars-based level in it. I'm crossing my fingers for a Death Star. And yes that they will also- and this one's mind blowing that they're also going to do New York City uh during the end of the first Avengers movie
1: that would be awesome, and I would love to see Darth Vader come across that screen
0: and his <laughs> dude,
1: how cool would it be to have a lightsaber key exactly
0: late? that is the first place my mind went.
1: Oh, my gosh. Uh, yeah, you three Keyblade, you're being retired.
0: <laughs> and the cool thing, too, is they always do such a good job at blending the Kingdom Hearts storyline with the storyline of each of the worlds they visit. I can already picture at the end of Avengers where the sky is opening up and Loki and the aliens are coming that you have these Heartless mixed into the bunch.
1: Oh, I could I, I could see Loki I I could see Loki bringing down a big batch of heartless, or that the fact that all of the creatures that he um has in Avengers they are now just heartless, and Loki's sitting there, and then of course he has like the big main boss on that level is like Loki's like the Loki boss, and then he has to like battle like Thanos or something that would be really cool too.
0: Yeah, I'm really looking Ooh. forward to it. I also saw teasers that uh that had uh Big Hero Six up there. Oh, I love that movie. That was awesome. Did you get to see that one?
1: Oh, yes. Big Hero 6 is a really great movie. I enjoyed it. Um, Now, I knew the comic book before it became the cartoon, and I thought they did a really great um, job adapting it.
0: Oh, that's great to hear. I didn't even realize that that one was based on a comic.
1: Yes. It's actually a comic from Marvel, and that's why Stanley does a cameo at the end of the movie. (laughs)
0: I, I hope I hope they jump back into it because they set up all the characters so well, and it really made me want more of it. I might have to jump into this comic series.
1: All I know is if they do a Disney if once I get my Disney Kingdom Hearts three, if we go back to Under the Sea, if I have another musical thing I have to do, I'm going to shoot somebody.
0: Oh, they did Winnie the Pooh to death too.
1: Yeah, I, I wasn't I wasn't really keen on Winnie the Pooh, but that whole I'm like. Let me battle Ursula, or let me battle something, and it's like, no, let's sing a song. I don't want to sing a song. Mm-hmm. I want to fight. It's a fighting game. I don't want to play, sing a song. Even though the music is gorgeous on that soundtrack, I want to say, I, I really want to, I don't want to sing a song. I want to yeah. battle. And well, speaking there's... of being Go ahead
0: oh they're trying to cater to a lot of different audiences, too, which has its good and bad. I just hope they don't make those sort of mini games mandatory. <laughs> they should be there for the people who want it, but you know don't don't force us to do it
1: right, or just make it like a hey bonus level or something, but i it it it, it was like the one part of the story of two that slowed everything down, and I'm like, no. Absolutely not. I mean I get it with the first one, you know, because it was like because you still got to battle Ursula, but the second one, that's it. That's all you did. And it just came seemed to slow the story down. I'm like, no, I'm bored now. Um, can we get over this level? I want to get to the next one. But speaking of songs and stuff, it actually brings me back a little bit to Galatune. Um, the name of your planet, Lyra. Right. Okay. You, you see where I'm going with it. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> so the the word Lyra, the very first thing you think, you're thinking music and magical, is that where you came up with that name?
0: Exactly. Or? And actually if you break down GalaTune, it literally comes from Galaxy and Tune. And there's a subtle musical mysticism that ties into the ultimate grand meaning of the story, and you see little bits of musical artifacts throughout it, but it's not heavy-handed. Um, like the planet's called Lyra, uh, we actually call our elves Lyrics Lyric. because they're citizens of Lyra, and a, a couple other little things peppered throughout it. But I, I don't want to get too much into that aspect. It's it's not a music-themed game per se. No. But it's it's just that there's these kind of magical musical artifacts.
1: By the way, point to me for figuring this part out. By the way, <laughs> awesome, definitely, <laughs> and, and you know it's
0: it's funny. Like I said, I love the excitement of leading of leaving breadcrumbs and watching fans piece it together. That is so satisfying. So thank you for pointing that out.
1: My pleasure. I, I the the entire time because. Um. obviously, the card that you gave me to keep, you gave me uh, Violetta Crown. And I'm like, okay, well, she's a lyric. She lives on the planet Ly- She's a princess of Lyra. And I'm just like, music. And then there's the tune. And I'm like, dude, there's got to be an aspect to this. So, you know what would be really cool, though, is when this takes off and somebody picks it up and they do turn it into like an anime series like Sword Art Online or anything like that dude you're going to have to kick it with the music
0: oh i know it i'm i'm looking forward to it i i would love that opportunity have you even,
1: you know, obviously with you being a creator, you're always thinking ahead, but you never get too far ahead of yourself because, you know, like they say, you never count your chickens before they hatch. But do, are, you, are there already tunes or something that you hear in your head when you're reading this or demoing it or talking about the comic?
0: Exactly. And I guess the way I work, part of it's because I'm I'm a business background person too, but I I don't think about chickens before you're hatching. I'm planning so far into the future with different contingency plans. And to me, you can never plan enough. I want to have that foundation there. If it goes there, fantastic. If it doesn't, that's okay. I got other plans too. But absolutely, every single element of the character's design and gameplay is all part of this cohesive plan to where, yeah, I'm I'm thinking music already. I'm thinking how an anime could plan out. And that's going into the framework of the designs from the very beginning.
1: Awesome, because um, in all honesty, I'm already starting to hear music in my head. And as I look at your characters, I can hear different tones that goes behind them that I can just hear. True, it could some of it could sound like a little bit like some of the stuff that I've heard in the past before. Especially you know with some of the certain characters, there's like a certain tone you just automatically hear. Right. And I can see it within the artwork and from playing the game and from what we've been talking about. I can actually hear like this awesome tone for this
0: and i mean i'm assuming there's a bunch of lo- nerds listening tonight but if you're a comic nerd or a gamer nerd and you're not necessarily an anime nerd yet give it a try it's it's such a great mode of storytelling and i mean of course there's so much out there and, and frankly gosh there's so much anime i'd, I'd say probably even 80 percent of it out there is pure garbage but that 20 percent and there's a lot of it is is pure gold
1: you know what, guys? If you're looking to actually be able to check out some really cool animes and you haven't been able to find a good place to go, try Netflix. They have some of the best animes on there. They do have Fairy Tale. They do have Death Note. They do have Sword Art Online. They do have Attack on Titan. They take some really good animes on there. And you can, if you look at the star value, you can see which ones most people like and which ones people don't like. And it will give you a great opportunity to try it out.
0: Right. And then, of course, there's always Crunchyroll, and they got a, a free trial up, and basically everything's on Crunchyroll. But oh, yeah. So much of anime is a labor of love, too. It's, it's, it's a tough market still, even though it is growing, so please, please don't steal anime. Uh if, no. if you can watch it on Netflix or Crunchyroll or some sort of network provider where you're helping to show the world that, yeah, people want to watch this, then that'll help us get more of this great stuff over here in the West.
1: Oh, yeah. And there's plenty of places that you can watch stuff. If you've never tried it before, um, like you said, Crunchyroll and Netflix are two. Um, Hulu has their Sailor Moon um, Crystal online, absolutely free for you to watch. So there are places that you could go because stealing is bad. Don't steal because these people work really, really hard on their projects to bring you great quality and entertainment just like Galatoon.
0: Well, you know, to be fair, we started off in a tough situation where, you know, America didn't get any of the good anime. So you kinda had the power it just to see it. But you know, times are changing and we're starting to drive more of it over here and I kind of feel like especially now that I'm a content creator, you know, let's let's help support this industry.
1: Oh yeah, I totally agree. I mean, let's face it, when I was a kid, um, the closest that you really got to anime now I'm talking little kid um, where the adaptations from Go line became Voltron, you had Transformers. Those are animes, whether you believe it or not. So if you're my age and you've never and you're like, oh anime, you've already watched it, you just didn't realize it. And then of course, by the time I was a teenager, we had things like Dragon Ball Z and Sailor Moon, the really really edited Sailor Moon. <laughs> <laughs> And then I would love to
0: see more American, truly American anime, like, my gosh, Avatar The Last Airbender and Legend of Korra, beautiful, beautiful anime. And I'd definitely say it's anime. I mean, you have some hardcore oh, Japanese fans saying, no, it's American. It's, it'll never be anime. It's, it's yeah. beautiful anime. It's world class. And it's American.
1: Right. Just because it, become, it comes from America doesn't mean that it's anime. Anime is just the genre that is a genre. Sort of like if you go into what people um, call kaiju movies. And most people go, oh, well, that means it has to be a Godzilla movie. No, kaiju means giant freaking monster. So there are American kaiju movies like Cloverfield and Pacific Rim. It doesn't have to come from Japan to be an anime or anything like that it just has to fit within that realm and there are some really great ones like you said um another one that's really popular that a lot of people like um with a a slightly different art style but you see a lot of anime influence in it is um from rooster teeth their cartoon ruby rwby very well done very interesting um i recommend watching it on netflix so you get less commercials than watching it on the um youtube but that's just my opinion
0: I really want to see Ruby. I know it's got a great fan following. Actually, what teased me into it, I liked watching like death battles, and they did a like a, a character from Ruby against the Final Fantasy's Tifa. I was like, oh, wow, this is a cool matchup. I'm going to have to look into this Ruby stuff.
1: Yeah, and there's another example. Okay, so you're going to have this death ba- battle, and you have this one anime character. You bring in Ru- That means that it belongs within the genre. It's just another way of showing that, again, it doesn't have to come from one country to be something.
0: Right, right.
1: Which I haven't seen that death battle. Now you're going to make me go to – see, you're going to make me go to YouTube right after this. Thank oh, you. So Thank you fun. so much. They
0: do a great job. They they analyze it to death, trying to realistically pit the two characters together. And then they make beautiful CG battles of them actually going through. I think my favorite one to, da- to date, they have um, – uh, let me think. Dante versus Bayonetta. Oh, that was a beautiful oh. fight.
1: Oh, awesome. So, um, real quickly, because we've already hit, believe it or not, we've already hit past the hour mark.
0: Right, right. Can you
1: believe that? Can you believe that? My, <laughs> I didn't even realize that. Time flies when you're having nerdy fun. <laughs> <laughs> so, just a quick recap um, Galitude, you are setting up a Kickstarter that you plan on having coming out in July and August. Um, this Kickstarter will actually give you an opportunity to get both the card game and the comic. Um, You have a bunch of conventions that you have coming up. Um, Go ahead and mention some of those.
0: Well, like I said, the the big ones really are going to be Gen Con and, and Origins.
1: And but that's not all the conventions. Right, right. And you
0: can check out our uh, Facebook events page or our events page on the website, too, and we list everything. Like, let me think. Off the top of my head, we're going to be at SensiCon, uh, Okakusan, uh, Matsuri. Oh, gosh, I can't even pronounce half of these anime what? things. Wait, which
1: SenseiCon? Uh, the Comic-Con. Cincinnati Comic? Yeah. You're going to go to the Comic-Con, the one that's over in Newport? Yeah. Yes! I will see you there, my friend. Awesome. I will actually be there doing interviews. Guess uh, I'm going to have to hit up my buddy Adam again.
0: (laughs) Awesome, awesome.
1: (laughs) So um, now do you have all of your things, all of the conventions that you're planning on going to on um, your website?
0: Uh, The most up-to-date one for that is going to be on on the Facebook events page, but it it all links together. I I need to jump on and update them on the website. (laughs) and of course
1: um, with that being said um, go ahead and tell people where they can find you
0: right right so um, best place is just com, G-A-L-A-T-U-N-E and uh, that'll connect to all of our other Platforms. Facebook's going to be our most up-to-date development on what's going on to the game. And you look at our events tab, and that'll have our most up-to-date events. And then, of course, the best way to get your insider information is, is logging into our, our newsletter. And there's a form you can fill out to join that on the Gallatoon website awesome
1: and of course like he said go find them because these guys are on facebook they're on twitter they are they have a wiki page they have a website and galatoon is spelled g-a-l-a-t-u-n-e
0: and if you're in the dayton area too i I do private parties so if you you just want to get a group of gamers together i'd be happy to come run a demo for whoever asks just send me a line through our Uh, our email that's up on the website, or message me on Facebook or wherever.
1: Okay, great. That sounds absolutely awesome. Well, Adam, um, I want to thank you so much for spending time out of your busy schedule with the Kickstarter trying to get up and all the conventions that you have to go to and all the demos that you've been doing. But I really do appreciate you being on the show today, and I hope that maybe you'll come back someday.
0: Oh, thanks. I had a lot of fun. Really appreciate it. (laughs)
1: Maybe maybe you and I could just have a nerdy anime episode. <laughs> <laughs> anytime, anytime. <laughs> well, of course, everybody, Um, again, make sure that you check this out. Uh, go over to their website and make sure that you join on to their newsletter, because I did while we were doing the show, actually, to make sure that you get updated on when the Kickstarter's starting and any new information. Plus, check out their Wikia page. so That we can check out some of the really cool characters that we've been talking about today. And, fo- like I said, follow them on Facebook and Twitter. And, of course, if you want to learn more about AGP, we are live every Tuesday night at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. You can follow us over on Twitter at LadyVader79, and you can follow us on our website, which is AmandaGillumPresents.com, or over on our Facebook page, which is Amanda Gillum Presents. Remember, Gillum is spelt like William, but with a G instead of a W. And on that note, guys... I hope that you find the gaming or the anime or anything else that makes you pleasurable and makes you smile. And try out things like Galatune or Disney Kingdom Hearts or anything else and make it a family adventure. And remember, you just be as nerdy and geeky as you want to be. Dude, we totally rule this world now. Good night.